Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown here on a Thursday night. That's right, Taylor Lynch, Lewis Metzinger, back in here with you guys. Uh, it's been a little while, but uh, we've dealt with the holidays and finals and all of this other stuff that we've had going on and work and all of that. But we are back, we are with you, and we'll be back on a regular schedule, I do believe, for the next uh, couple of weeks at least. Uh, so you can get back in your routine of listening to us on Thursday nights. As always, feel free, hit us up on Twitter. It's at the Breakdown UL, or you can check us out individually at Taylor Lynch and at Lewis Metz. So, Lewis, what's going on, buddy? A lot of things, dude. A lot of things have happened. <laughs> a lot of different uh, craziness has transpired. So, it's good to be back. Well, let's talk about you personally because you were out uh, doing the Spielberg thing, as I've been telling everybody. Um, so, what was the masterpiece you were working on? What's going on with that? Um, how have things been going? Uh, we were working on a school project um our final assignment and instead of having what i like to do which is to film and have about two months to edit um we filmed in a weekend three days and then i have been i've had uh, i guess a week and a half to edit the whole thing and it's about 15 minutes um so it's been uh basically every single night from 4 to 3 a.m as in 4 p.m. to 3 a.m. It's been it's been amazing. So that is the longest 15 minutes of your life, I think. Suffice to say. Yes. It's wow. Been, it's been fun. Well, we've By had. That, I mean, miserable. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's almost over, or at least it is over for you, right? Today was the last day of classes. Am I correct? Well, I didn't. Yes, technically. Um, I didn't have that was my final thing. I didn't have okay. anything else after that, so I turned it in yesterday. So well, consider yourself lucky because I still have another week before I'm out. So nice, yeah. So next week will be finals week. So if you guys want to just you know hit me up on Twitter, and make sure I still have a pulse. That's good. I would appreciate that. Uh, so while we've been out, lots of things have been going on. Uh, the college basketball season is now fully underway. Uh, conference play for a lot of conferences is getting going. I know the Big Ten's already started. Uh, I believe the ACC is going to get it going here in the next couple of days. Uh, so I think we've kind of got a, a sample size right now. Everybody's played at least six or seven games or so. Um, so we've kind of got a sample size of a lot of teams and, and some data that we could start looking at and start kind of forming opinions. Um, and as we look at this Louisville team, Lewis, 5-2, and two, um, obviously the two big tests they've had so far, Purdue and Seton Hall, failed both of those tests. Um, and obviously no shame in going up to Purdue and losing. Uh, but I think it's the way Louisville had the opportunity there late to get the win and just couldn't do it. And then at home against Seton Hall, you have the lead, you fight back, you get it, uh, and you're starting to feel good, starting to feel like maybe you've got a little bit of momentum, and then they score on their last seven possessions, including that one at the end, which was just 
head scratching and aggravating. And why do you let a guy Terrible. that's a lefty go to his left? I, I, ugh. And then he scores a bucket, and Seton Hall uh, ends up getting that win. Now, it's not like those are bad wins at all. I mean, those are going to be top fifty, uh, top twenty-five RPI wins by the end of the year when we're looking at uh, tournament resumes. Uh, so no shame in that at all, uh, but it would definitely be, or would have been good for Louisville to get those two wins. But n- n- regardless, here they are, sitting at 5-2, and two, uh, with a big game, I guess, in certain aspects this weekend uh, at home against Indiana at 2 o'clock. So kind of based on what we've seen so far, Lewis, and I feel like this was a case with the past couple Rick Pitino coach teams and now with this David Padgett team, I just feel like I don't know who this team is and I don't feel like they have an identity. And I feel like the past couple of Rick Pitino coach teams were the same way. We didn't really know who this team was. We didn't really know what their identity was. And it was in like stark contrast to even look at the the championship team from 13. That team had an identity. You knew they were going to punch you in the mouth on defense, and then Montrez Harrell was going to dunk on you all day long, and Luke Hancock was going to hit a three from any part of the floor that he wanted to hit it from, and there was nothing you were going to do about it. And several of those Rick Pitino teams in the Big East were that way as far as defense goes, where they are just going to wear you down and grind on you all game long until by the end of the second half, your legs are shot and you can't do anything, and then they'll run up and down on the court. So, But with this team, I look at it, and I don't know from one night to the next what we're going to get. Um, so I guess that's my little my little piece on this team where where are you right now on this team and do you agree that there really isn't an identity i wouldn't say there's a solidified identity i think we've seen flashes of what i would consider the identity which Mm -hmm. is uh, your typical louisville team which is offense or defense to offense i should say um and i think there have been moments um where we've been beating down these teams like we should be beating them down and you've seen it you know uh, against even last night you saw i didn't get to watch the seton hall game so i don't i just saw the end and i didn't like it so i never watched the rest of the game but you missed nothing yeah that's what i figured but i know last night um for the first 20 minutes of that game um it was miserable really hard to watch um and then it pretty much i would say like what a third of the way through the second half, maybe close to halfway through, um, they decided to, you know, they decided that they were playing Siena and that they were Louisville and still had, you know, top tier talent and did what I think they're going to do um, if they ever do lock in this identity, which is um, turn complete lockdown defense into um, runouts, uh, shot clock violations, and 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 the like. So, I think. Like I said, we've seen flashes of it. I don't think we're – I'm not sure because of Patrick being a, a first, first-time first coach really at all if we're going to ever see this season a fully put-together um, identity. But I think that w- if this team decides to take – you know, um, to take hold of its full potential, I think it's a special squad. I agree. I think it can be, and I think that <sighs> – I think and I hope that expectations have been tempered and I've seen a lot of people, you know, making, losing their minds on Twitter and we all see it 
when Louisville loses a game, and then you see the ones that say, well, you know, it is what it is, and this season's kind of lost anyway. And, and I'm I'm somewhere in the middle of, oh, the season's a wash, who cares, and the, oh, my God, the sky is falling because we lost a game. I'm finding myself kind of in the middle of those two sides where, yes, when we lose a game, I do get aggravated because they lost a game, and the fan in me will always be that way, and I will always be aggravated when they lose. But at the same time, I do kind of take a step back and go, well, look at what's going on, and and this is David's first experience. Uh, So you kind of take it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, Lewis, I think there are things with this team that while you probably don't expect them to win every game, there are certain fundamental things that I think we do expect that you're not seeing. And the one that has been driving me nuts the most is Dang Adele's inability to hold on to the basketball. And I don't understand if maybe he's pressing, maybe he's trying too hard, maybe he's too concerned about what everybody else is doing and he's too worried about making a big play, but he's just been totally careless with the ball. And... I don't know. It's it's like permeating through the team. These turnovers, you saw it against Seton Hall. They turned the ball over, I think, 17 times. And it's just careless. You're not thinking. You're just making a stupid pass that you shouldn't be making. And that's not David Padgett's fault. I mean, he's he's not out there turning the ball over. And these are guys that are your veterans that should know better. And that is, that's absolutely just, I, I don't understand that one. That one's got me. I, I, I don't understand. I can't explain that one. Yeah, I think Dangadel's never really been able to hang on to the ball. I mean, that's kind of been one of his things. Um, dribbling off his foot, falling down for no reason. He's like a, a baby deer. Like That's, that's just true. Kind of always been his identity. So I'm not sure that's ever going to change. Um, but, I mean, some of the other stuff, like like some of the like race balding, not being able to uh. literally – I mean, if – like I'm not – anywhere near the athlete that race ball i would i, I never will be uh, never have been well, well i mean i'm pretty athletic but well, you know true. i'm never going to be race balling but if i were him i would with those arms and that height i would just dunk the ball every time i do not understand his his need to try and flick it up there with one you know with one hand why he doesn't just go up and one hand two hand dunk it every single time his percentage would skyrocket and he'd stop missing all these bunnies that just kill louisville down the stretch so that's what really frustrates me same with honest it's hard to criticize him because he almost had a triple double should have had a triple double last night but he's just he's soft always has been and you heard dp say last night that uh, you know, he, yeah, Honest had a good second half, but he still wasn't happy with the way he played. And I think that that's a problem this season. And we've seen it that Ray and Honest, they disappear. Honest was nowhere to be found in that Seton Hall game. I mean, he completely disappeared. And you're right with Ray. Dude, dunk the ball. I, I don't, it's aggravating and it's, I don't understand it. And just like you said, if I had his size, and I've heard, you know, Marcus Maven talk about this and Parent Johnson talk about this. Man, if I had his size, the the athlete that I would be, the, the I would dunk on everybody. And it's the truth. And I would be the same way. I would dunk on everybody if I was Ray Spaulding's size. So I don't get what's going on with him. Now, I will say that last night I was particularly impressed with 
the way this team came out and played in the second half. You saw David lose the tie. He was pulling guys back on towards the bench. Apparently got into Honest because he came out and played ridiculous in the second half. So kudos to David and uh, and his coaching adjustment there. As Louisville cruised last night against Siena and did kind of what they were supposed to do. Um, so when we when we talk about this team now and and where they go and where they're where they move going forward, which made no sense and there was no way I could fix that. It was just going to come out stupid and. I can't. I can't help it. Um, so going forward for this team, what are your? I I almost hate to talk about expectations, but we all have them. So what do you expect? I think the consensus for all of us and for everybody that follows the team and that is a fan of the team, this is a tournament team. Um, well, I would hope so. It's just a matter. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of. Um, what they'll do, what kind of seed they're going to get. Um, what do you think? Because when you look at the ACC, just big picture this season, you know Miami's good. You know Syracuse always has the length and the talent. Um, obviously, Florida State. Look what they did to Florida, and we'll talk about the rest of college basketball here in a minute. Um, and of course, Duke and North Carolina. I mean, this is. This has all the makings of being a rough year in the ACC for Louisville. So I don't really know what I expect from this team. What are you? What are your expectations? What do you think is realistic to for them to accomplish this year? Well, I, I think they're going to get absolutely destroyed by the likes of Duke and North Carolina, and you know we've surprisingly enough we've been able to beat duke more consistently than we've ever been able to beat kentucky and i would argue that duke has been as good if not better than kentucky most years um i agree it just goes back to the uh it's a it's a mental thing for our teams against uk it's Mm -hmm. not a talent thing um so but i think this year duke is just far and away better than everybody um and as far as like the other teams in the ACC, I don't know if we'll lose to the likes of Virginia this year. I, I'm I'm gonna choke on those words in you know a couple probably. months, but you probably probably um, I'm I would like to think we could beat them because I think they're pretty down. But you know, Florida State knocks off Florida. Um, you've got like I said, North Carolina, Duke. I mean, you've got the ACC is just always um, completely loaded with talent, and so it's just really it's really hard to even put put a guess out there. I, I would guess this is a, I, I would definitely think it's a tournament team, but I, I would say having six, seven losses in the ACC is, or six or seven losses at the end of the season, maybe six of those coming from the ACC. I guess we already have a couple losses, so that doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean? Maybe six yeah. losses in the ACC is not outrageous. It really isn't. No, I don't think it is either because I think you could, you could go ahead and just pick them, count them right now. Duke and Carolina, um, we play one of them twice. I think so. Okay, so that's one or two. You're probably going to lose or two or three. Yeah, you're probably going to lose to Miami. Um, I think they're a really good team. You could you could easily lose to Syracuse, uh, and then you look at some of these other teams like Wake Forest and Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech's always played Louisville tough, um, and then you look at of course Virginia, which Virginia. I've come to this conclusion that Virginia could be god awful horrible and still beat louisville 
It's yeah. just a, it's a thing. It's a mental thing, just like you talked about Kentucky being a mental thing. I think it's a mental thing with Virginia. They just they see that pack line defense, and nobody knows what to do. So I think you could probably count that as a loss too. But so yeah, it, it's easy to think that maybe six losses in the ACC this season uh, is something that that could be the case. I do think this is a good team. A good team. I think it's a talented team. I don't think that it's an aggressive team and that is the thing that scares me there's not a guy on this squad that I feel like when your back's against the wall and you're in Cameron Indoor and you're in a four point game with Duke in the second half late and you really need to one guy really needs to get your team together get them riled up and go out there and get some stops and get some buckets on the other end. I don't know what guy on this team's going to do that. I know, you know, Trez was that guy. Russ was that guy. Uh, uh, Mango, I think even to an extent was that guy. I don't know who that is on this team. I don't know if there is a guy like that on this team. Yeah. Um, I don't, <laughs> I mean, these are the things I worry about. These are the things I think about. You know, I would have said at the beginning of the season that potentially Q could have been that guy or Dang, um, but I don't. I think to be, if we're being completely real, I think your best bet is Darius. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, which I'm not. I, I'm not mad about that necessarily because the fact that he's as aggressive as he is as a freshman, like he's just he's only going to get better when he he puts on some more muscle and. Um, you know, just has more experience. Like he, he, he reminds me so much of like a hybrid, like mix between Terry and Russ. That's what I see in him. Ooh, that's he's like, a good that, reference. He's got, he's got Russ's like pestering defense and and defensive mentality. He's small enough to where he can still dunk and stuff like that. Um, and it's still funny every time. But he's got that that smoothness that Terry had, where he's just like when he takes shots, you just, you feel like it's going in, even if it's a bad shot. Um, like that little, this, the baseline drive that he had towards the end of the game yesterday yeah. where he stopped and, and it looked like he was going to hit the backboard and just went right in. That was pretty sweet. Um, that, that looked straight up like Terry Rezier to me. So he's one of the most, like, there's a lot of like intriguing type freshmen that we have this year in Jordan and Malik being seven feet tall and shooting threes. And, and but, but I think Darius is just, He's going to be really, really good. I told you last year when I went to the Derby City Classic and we talked afterwards, I said Jordan Wara is going to be a stud. And you were like, but what about Darius Perry? And, you know, what about Malik Williams? And I was like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Jordan Wara is going to be a dude. And he is. I mean, he has. I, it's even kind of surprised me a little bit, uh, and I had high expectations for him. But, I mean, he's come out, and he has balled this season, uh, him and Darius Perry. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that we're not seeing as much as we probably expected from Malik. And maybe I'm being too hard on him because he is just a freshman, and he's played in what now? Six, seven games? Uh, but I'm not— Well, you're going off— compared to how much we've seen the other guys so well, yeah in, in that regard yeah i think i think malik's issue is just his size yeah not like his height but how thin he is and trying to like he's not like get down in the paint type of guy yeah he's, he's like um 
I want to say like Kevin Durant, but I, I'd hate when people compare just because you're skinny and can shoot threes to Kevin Durant. You're not, you're not to Kevin Durant, yeah. but he's that type of uh, not as physical, um, more so just he's really he's a wing, which is unfortunate because well, we really need big guys. That's the issue across the board for Louisville this year is that there there isn't a lot of toughness. Sure. And yeah. that yeah, I mean, and it's obvious in the post, and it's obvious. Uh, everywhere on the team, there's not a lot of toughness. There's not a lot of grit and tenacity. And in some of these games, it's not always going to be the team that's more talented that wins. It's sometimes the team that's a little bit tougher that wins these games, especially in the ACC, where you beat each other up, you know, for however many weeks it is. Um, so that's that's going to be something that I'm going to be following and, and paying attention to as we move through this basketball season is what happens when Louisville gets in a game like that. Now, we saw they get they got in a game like that against Purdue, and they showed some fight, but it wasn't enough, and they end up losing that game. Um, we saw in a little really, bit... Really, if we're being real, they, they've lost the last 90 seconds of these games. That's... Yes, that's very true. That's very true. Um, they have not been able to really close out in tight late game situations, uh, and that's if that continues, man, that, that's going to come back and bite them um, in some big games throughout the rest of the season. Um, through seven games, what are you thinking of uh, David Padgett? Um. I think there's some games where you can look back and say some of that was coaching, um, which just like the expectations for how um, how this the things have played out this season are going to affect the players. Like it's going to affect Padgett too. Mm-hmm. He's in a situation that um, he didn't ask for. <laughs> He's <laughs> never been in before. Yeah. Um, and so you have to give him the same leniency to a certain degree that you give these guys um, that are playing. Um and so I, I really just, I just, I can't, I find myself, I can't be mad about it. Like, like I've never watched so many games this season, seen that we lost or, or watched us lose and been like, eh. Meh. okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's, that's the sentiment of a lot of the fan base right now. And that's why I think you've seen the numbers that you've seen or that you haven't seen at, at the home games is everybody's just kind of meh about basketball right now and that's sad because this is such a basketball hungry basketball crazy city and state uh that it's it's rough to see it that way uh but it is what it is we knew it was kind of gonna be this way uh so we just kind of have to grin and bear it and get through and support these guys uh because you're right you said it earlier in the show this they this roster still has the making of being something special um and it's just going to be a matter of can they can they pull it all together in order to do that. Uh, we touched a little bit, and you talked a little bit about the Florida State beating Florida. Uh, it, it just kind of the state of college basketball right now. Uh, Kansas loses at home last night to Washington. Uh, Florida is riding a three-game losing streak, losing to Duke, losing to which is definitely no shame in that. Uh, but then losing at home. To Florida State by what was it twenty? Yeah, I mean they got like hammered. And, and then, the thing about losing to Duke is yeah. like it was a really close game. Like they right. almost beat Duke. It's not like they like went out and got pummeled by Duke and then came home and got pummeled. No, they almost beat Duke, who's like I said, far and away the best team. Um, 
I think they beat uh, Louisville played St. Francis. They yes. Duke played St. Francis. They beat them by like sixty points. Yeah. So, like they're far and away the best team. But they, you know, um, Florida almost beat them, and they were right in that game. And then they come home and lose back to back games to Florida State and Loyola Chicago, Chicago or something. Yeah. Like what? Last night, Loyola Chicago, and then uh, and then. Um, what was it? Notre Dame. Notre Dame got yeah, beat. loses to Ball State. Loses to Ball State by a kid named Taylor, who spells his name just like mine, who hit the dagger three at the end to give Ball State the win over Notre Dame. Uh, a kid named Taylor would play for Ball State. <laughs> That's a drop. I gotta save that. <laughs> I gotta save that one. Oh, so that happened. Um, I feel like there have been some other upsets. Um that I can't think of right now, but I'd rather be like, yeah, we lost two, two really close games to two ranked teams. Then yeah, we lost at home to ball state. Yeah. And it was any day of the week. Yeah. And it was a buzzer beater, like the ultimate dagger. It was bad. It was bad. So what does that say to you about like the state of college basketball this season. Uh, I feel like we always talk about, oh, this could be a great NCAA tournament this year. Uh, it's really going to be a wide-open field. And then, like, everybody that's supposed to win wins, and then it's really not as wide-open as everybody thought it was going to be. And But now this year you're looking at it, and you've got all these early-season upsets already. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting NCAA tournament this year. Um, and I feel like... Uh, just a, another note, um, then I'll let you jump in here. But I feel like Michigan State has played everybody in college basketball this year. Yeah. It, literally every time I see a big game advertised on TV, I feel like it's Michigan State. Like they've played everybody in the ACC already. Um, and then they've played like a couple other really good teams. They play Villanova like four times. I feel like that's that's already happened. They played Duke, Carolina. Uh, they played the whole triangle. They played NC State, too. Uh, they, they even played Wake Forest uh, all on the same night. I, Michigan State, Tom Izzo, man, the scheduling that he has done, uh, they played in, you know, 32 uh, opening week classics this week. Um, they did. Yeah, they went, like, they played in the Bahamas 14 times this week, or this season already. It gets, it's nuts. So kudos to, to Tom Izzo. Uh for for scheduling the way he's scheduled it's ridiculous uh but it's getting his team ready for march and and uh we know Izzo's deadly in march um so feel free to jump on in there um just kind of where we're at right now in college basketball what are you expecting this year in the ncaa tournament do you think that it it matters do you think we can glean anything from these early season upsets or do you think it doesn't matter at all um, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter because I, I think that it just, again, reinforces the fact that Duke is just that much better than everybody. I mean, if you've seen them play, like, they're, like, rost. I mean, it looks like it looks like in those, like, funny videos when, like, AAU teams go and play, like, um, just, like, normal school teams where the guys are, like, three feet taller than everybody. And, uh, like, that's legitimately what it looks like. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe how much taller they looked yes. they may not really have been that much taller but just how much taller they looked than everybody it just looks like they're on a different level and that's usually like duke is always loaded but like this year it just feels different um 
and I don't know. I, I feel like with Arizona being ranked number two and then two straight losses falling out of the top 25. Yes, I forgot those two, the, the upsets they took in the battle for Atlantis. Yeah, just like left and right. Like these top now number two Kansas is got destroyed and just like i really just don't think there's anybody as good as duke and i might like we might get to the end of the the basketball season and i'm like laughing at that take but because we give that take almost every year but seriously like i just think it's duke and then everybody else this season and i think kentucky's got the potential to be there i just think i just think they're not and i think if they end up having to play you know they're gonna play through that garbage sec uh, with florida who gets beat by Loyola Chicago oh. and they're just going to destroy. I, f- I feel like, um, I don't know, dude. I just feel like it's honestly Duke and everybody else. I feel like the difference with Kentucky this year is you, they don't really have that one, like superstar kid. At, Kevin Knox is kind of that, but yeah, that they, well, yeah, but, but you're not going to see Kevin Knox. Like you would go to see Anthony Davis. I mean, you know sure, what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, it feels different for them this year. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely fair. I th- I think that, you know, I mean, Calipari's always just, we know, we, we're surrounded by it. He's always yes. got guys on guys on guys. But, yeah, I think that they don't have a, a Malik Monk this year. Um, that's really like, and a, a Deer and Fox, they're just like these kind of like, like showmen, I, I think is the best word that I could right. use. Um, they sell tickets. Yeah, I think they just got a bunch of dudes to steal Booger. Oh man, Booger, what's his face? Is Booger McFarland? I hate that guy. Yeah. Well, since you brought up football, let's transition a little bit. That in the business is what we call Segway Kids. Uh, transition. I did it too. Yeah. So. I'm proud of you. Thank you for setting me up for that one. You just gave me the tighter over the middle, and I just swung and made really good contact. Uh, I felt like I had a really good day at the plate. Um, it was a single. It was. It was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It just went right to the shortstop every time. Uh, and that's why I'm behind the mic. So college football, uh, Final Four, Georgia, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Alabama, just like we all thought, right? Yeah, exactly. Spot on. <laughs> Um, what I mean, we most people probably had seventy five percent of that at the beginning of the season. Oh, I I think we could all say we had Alabama, we had Clemson, and what Oklahoma definitely. Yeah, I think so for sure. Yeah. So, are you are you okay with the committee putting in a one loss Alabama over the two loss uh, Big Ten champ, the Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I hate Ohio State, so they put Bama over them anytime they want. I was really hoping you were going to have, like, this really good case uh, planned out for, well, yeah, and here's why I think that uh, Alabama got in over Ohio State. I was really hoping it was going to be, you know, some really well-planned out statement, but no, it was just, yeah, I hate Ohio State, which Uh, I think everybody kind of feels that way. We all kind of hate Ohio State. Um, I would have, I honestly would have loved if they would have put UCF in there. Just, just to, yes. to show that, yes. like, you can, like, we value, regardless that you played in the American. Yeah. Like, we value that you went undefeated. But, no. No. What they did was impressive, though. The season that UCF had, and, and that was impressive. And the way that, particularly, the university and Scott Frost handled oh, sure. his yeah. whole 
taking the Nebraska job, which, I mean, it was the worst kept secret in college football. Um, but just the way they handled it was really good, and it was something that they could learn about um, in Knoxville. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, so, so your final four uh, predictions. I like... I don't know, because Oklahoma really doesn't have much of a defense. I mean, they've played well lately, uh, but... They have a lot of defense on why uh, Mayfield should get it over Lamar. (laughs) Uh, Don't get me started on Baker Mayfield. He's like a bigger, stronger Johnny Manziel. Um, So, Oklahoma doesn't have very much defense. Oklahoma has offense to spare um and then you have georgia who's just georgia's just playing well right now and i think that you know that a lot can be said for that they're just they're playing their best football right now uh they avenged their loss over auburn in the sec championship game they looked good doing it um that's gonna be a really fun game and then alabama and clemson I mean, we've seen this now part three um, of Alabama-Clemson. I don't know. That one's kind of a pick uh, That's going to be really fun. Um, I think I think Clemson's going to win, though. I, I think Clemson will beat Alabama, and I think that Oklahoma will beat Georgia, and I think it will be Oklahoma-Clemson for the national championship. What say you... Um, I'm never going to pick Alabama, so uh, I'll pick Clemson. You're going to fly um, your ACC flag? Yeah. I No. No. <laughs> um, I just think that Clemson's going to get there. They're going to they're gonna go four fingers deep in Alabama. And <laughs> Dabo's going to wear his dad's sweatshirt. Yep. It's going to be um, – God's going to be on their side, and they're going to win against the, the evil that is Alabama football. They're going to bring their own and, guts. Yep. And then – I think Oklahoma beats Georgia easy. How awful would it be if we had Georgia and Alabama in the championship? Oh, yuck. That would. Ugh, no, no. There would be a seven to three victory. <laughs> First, we'll do a field goal wins. A thrilling shootout. Oh no, that would be awful. Um, some of the other bowl game matchups we've got, obviously the Peach Bowl, Auburn, and that undefeated UCF team. Uh, that one looks like it's going to be a fun one. Uh, you've got a, a Rose Bowl kind of matchup of traditional Rose Bowl teams with USC and, and Lewis's favorite team, the Ohio State University. That's going to be a fun one to watch, I think. Um, and then, of course, there's the there's the game that we all care about and that is the tax slayer gator bowl the louisville cardinals take it on mississippi state uh before we get to that lewis let's talk about the way louisville wrapped up the season obviously last year it was the three straight losses to end the season uh now we see louisville kind of much like i said about georgia louisville's playing their best football right now um, there, there's no denying they're playing their best football on the defensive side of the ball, and offensively they're clicking on all cylinders. They beat Syracuse, they or they beat Virginia, they beat Syracuse. Uh, they go on the road and they handed it to Kentucky. I mean, it was absolutely everything I hoped it would be, and then some. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It was, it was kind of what we all needed. 
after um, the, the things that we've been through as a fan base. Yes, it was very therapeutic. Um, it was. It was very nice. Um, I had a lot of fun watching that take place. Um, it's just, it goes to show you how fluky last year was, uh, I think, more so than anything else. Um, and and I, I got a lot of enjoyment out of um, Kentucky fans thinking that because they beat us last year with Lamar uh, being the Heisman Trophy winner, that somehow they were like back and um, <laughs> and they were like somewhere on the same level as Louisville football, which is just hilarious because you're not. Now, don't you have uh, in-laws that are Kentucky fans? Don't in like, aren't there like folks on your wife's side of the family that are UK fans? Yeah, we don't talk to those people or about those people. <laughs> How did did you talk to them then? Like, was there? <laughs> Because I know you had to make some shots because I know how you are. I know that you did not sit on your hands uh, after not only did we hand it to them on the field, uh, but Lamar also got his licks in uh, on the sideline. I know you didn't. I know you weren't quiet. Well, the thing about it is that's kind of annoying. Is they're like not typical UK fans. Like, oh, they're, not, they're like, nice people. Yeah, they're like they're outspoken. They're not outspoken. And, and he's like – he, he's got this way about him where he, he tries to like, he makes underhanded comments. Like when he knows, like he always underplays every or downplays everything. He's like, yeah, looks like it's going to be a pretty close game this year and blah, blah, blah. And when, when reality, you know, he's like, he's thinking like, he hopes they destroy him, you know, <laughs> one way or another. So I always just try and instead of like saying anything, I just dress head to toe. I mean, not like it's any different than any other day, well, but true. I just dress head to toe in my Louisville stuff the next time I see him. That makes me proud. I'm glad. And you actually handled that better than I thought you would. Um, you know who's not handling things well? Tennessee. Tennessee's not handling things well. Last check, how many head coaches have they offered the job to and then eventually turned it down? Um, Wait, did they not offer you? Well, they, they, offered, they called me. They called me, and I had a thing. Um, That's fine. That's kind of what everyone's been saying. Yeah, I got this thing, and I just... Uh, I got I just to have can't. a dentist appointment yeah. next year. I just, if it con- if it conflicts with one of the games, I don't know what I'm going to do about can't it. Can't get I out of it. You have no idea what it's like to try to get an appointment with this guy. I mean, it's like pulling teeth. <laughs> ah, you're welcome. It's at Taylor Lynch. Uh, if you, yeah. So yeah, so Tennessee struck out, struck Solid. out, struck out. <laughs> they finally get their guy. Well. I don't even – can you even call him their guy? Because at this point, it was like they were one more guy turning them away from getting on Career Builder and just sending the, putting this thing up out there, just taking applications from regular people. Just, hey, uh, do you want to be the University of Tennessee head football coach? Click here to apply. Uh, submit a cover letter. Like, you know, that actually would have been amazing. I really wish I, they would have done that. Yes, I kind of wish that would have happened because I would have applied totally would have applied just to see if I got the interview um, oh dude can you imagine <laughs> that would have been awesome announcing head football coach Taylor Lynch <laughs> crowd goes wild oh dude there'd be like two people there to cover, to cover it that would be it oh man so that one uh, it looks like they got their guy Jeremy Pruitt uh, the defensive coordinator from Alabama uh, going to take that job and Frankly, I don't know why, uh, because I think that there were better jobs uh, that Pruitt could have gotten this season. But instead, he takes the Tennessee job, 
that finally is off the market. Um, but, Lewis, that's not the weirdest head coaching moves we've seen. Jimbo Fisher, gone, out of Florida State, goes to Texas A&M. And Number one's favorite football spot. <laughs> I don't... That one kind of shocked me. Like, we've heard Jimbo's name thrown around. Uh, obviously, the last one was for the LSU, LSU job before they hired uh, Ed Ogeron. Um, but I never really thought that he would leave Florida State. And he's gone. Kevin Sumlin's out at A&M. Um, one of, I think, a really talented offensive mind um, now looking for a job. So Jimbo's there, and now Oregon is looking for a head coach because Willie Taggart, who has yet to coach a bowl game, uh, I think in any of his last like three stops, uh, he always leaves right before the bowl game. Uh, now he's taking over as the head guy at Florida State. Um, so in your opinion, the weirdest coaching move or the one that shocked you the most so far this offseason? Well, I was kind of surprised about the Jimbo thing until I saw how much money they were going to give him. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay. If someone was like, hey, man, do you want $70 million? I'd be like, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, so I get that. Um, but, geez, I <laughs> – I guess uh, honestly, that would still be probably the mo- the weirdest one to me because I feel like you have a much better chance of making the playoff, um, a- a- an easier way of of making the playoff um, when you're coaching Florida State than when you're in the SEC. But uh, I don't know, it's just me. Um, but other than that, I, I think honestly. Outside of the craziness that's been the Tennessee coaching search, I, I think even then they still ended up with a really good hire. So it's like none of them have really been like bad hires, I don't think. Yeah. Except for maybe, uh, what's his name? Herm, Herm Edwards, Edwards at Arizona like State. Weirdo. That one got me. That one was, as far as like weird ones go, that one was the weirdest. Um, did you see any of like the videos on Deadspin of his press conference where he – didn't know what their mascot was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard it or saw it on had, like three different stations. Had no idea that the Sun Devil was actually their mascot. He's like, oh, I'm, a, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Christian. Yeah, yeah. That's what he tells the guy from, like, I think it was Devil's Digest or something. Uh, yeah, that he was a Christian, he was a Catholic. You keep that devil stuff out of here. That's classic. Yeah, then he, uh, there was one the other day that, Somebody had posted on Twitter. It was uh, he was in his office and he was looking at a jersey, and he asked if this was a woman's jersey, and they said, "No, coach, that's a game jersey." I don't get it. It was it's because you know the Adidas ones. They're so tight, and uh, before you actually oh, put them on, they yeah, don't strip. Yeah, so it was like this really small little jersey, and that's he hilarious. had no idea that it was actually a game jersey. Uh, that's going to be fun. That's going to be him and Mike Leach in the same conference. <laughs> the sound bites for guys that cover the Pac-12. I'm a little jealous because uh, that's going to be that's going to be some fun stuff to cover there. Um, so now looking over at the Mississippi State game uh, between the Cards and the Bulldogs. Uh, your first thoughts when that game's announced? Um, my first thought was I can't believe how drastically our expectations 
um, for the season have changed. It went from, oh my goodness, we just lost to Wake Forest by 100 points. We're, we're not making a bowl game, no chance. We're gonna get we're gonna get whooped by UK at UK, and we're gonna be the laughing stock of college football with the Heisman Trophy winner. And now we're like, oh man, it's just really lame that we got the Tax Layer Bowl with freaking Mississippi State. Come on, man. It's just like, <laughs> come on. I'm just I'm glad we're playing. I'm glad we get to watch Lamar Jackson again. Um, I would say the last time in, in a Louisville uniform. Um, and I'm just excited that, that we get to, that we get to do that. And I think it's a decent bowl. Uh, it's a good, it's as good as we're going to get eight and four. Yeah. Um, with honestly some bad losses. So it is what it is. I'm happy about it. I'm happy about it too. I'm excited. Uh, I, I think that, I mean, obviously at Mississippi state's banged up. They're depleted. Starting quarterbacks hurt, done for quite a while. Uh, head coach is gone. Defensive coordinator's gone. Um, so they've got some issues, and they're going to be kind of limping into this game. Uh, so as far as like a, a national perception or anything, if the Louisville comes out and just dominates, uh, I don't think they're going to turn very many heads. But it's going to be good for Louisville. It's going to be good for the program moving forward going into next year. Uh, if you can think about where this team was, uh, it just, you know, a month and a half ago to right. potentially finishing with a uh, 9-4 and four record, I mean, is a tribute and a tip of the hat to Bobby Petrino and his coaching staff. And, yes, I'm even including Peter Sermon in that, who I've, you know, been very, very critical of on this show and other shows. Um, but I don't know what happened after that bye week, but Louisville has been a different team since then um, on both sides of the ball, and, and the offense wasn't even really an issue. Uh, but they've been they've been crisper on the offensive side of the ball, and they have been actually out there making plays on the defensive side of the football, and it has been uh, a welcome sight, and it has been um, a good thing, I think, for all of us. So this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be an exciting game. Uh and I think Louisville's got a chance to really come out and make some noise and and really get a, a big victory and, and finish the year off right, finish the year off at 9-4 and four, uh, and send Lamar Jackson out with a win in what I think uh, will probably be his last game in a Louisville uniform. Uh, if you had to put like a percentage on it, Lewis, um, what would you say? Because obviously we haven't heard anything from Lamar yet. We have not heard you know one way or another. Uh, I did hear some people talking um i think lock and andy had somebody on the midday rush uh that said that you know lamar jackson was right now second projected to be a second round draft pick um if you had to put a percentage on it what do you think it is that maybe maybe he decides to come back and play a senior year like five percent i just don't <laughs> yeah I, I just don't think no. that's gonna happen. I really, no. as much as I would, I would love it. Uh, I just, I cannot see that happening. No, I, I totally understand. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't think he comes back. I do think it will be interesting though to see where some of the mock drafts have him because, I mean, if you get out of the first round, I now have to check and see. But I don't think. I mean, obviously your contract's not as great, but I don't know if your guaranteed money uh, is as good if you drop into the second round. Um, so maybe maybe that's the only thing uh, that could tempt Lamar to come back for a senior year. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, while we're putting, you know, 
chances on stuff. Uh, what do you think chances are that Saturday night we hear Lamar's name called uh, for back-to-back Heisman trophies? I think it's right around that same percentage. Yeah. Um, I just It's basically Baker Mayfield's trophy, and they're just inviting people to his party. Yeah, and I think that Honestly, I think the separation between Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson is not very big. No. Um, but I think the separation between those two and Bryce Love is big. Yeah, it's massive. Um, yeah, and I think that, honestly, I would if they called Lamar's name, I honestly might cry. And I, I do not cry. But I would be so – he's just so much – just so much of a better dude than Baker yes. Mayfield. Yes, yes. Um, and that's, you know, people have been putting out there, like, the quote about, like, from the Heisman's, like, um, code of conduct or yeah. standards or whatever they have, which lends itself to, to the question of how Johnny Manziel won it. But, when, right. you know, all that aside, it's just Lamar embodies what the Heisman Trophy stands for, as cheesy as that sounds. Big no, it's true. does not. No. The man grabbed his crotch on national TV. Like, let's not pretend that didn't happen. I mean, let's not pretend I haven't done the same thing. Well, but yeah. that's true. And let's – Lewis does it just not on national TV, just in general. Just walking just down the street. Everywhere. Just everywhere. Yeah, just yeah, anywhere places. that I can, I do it. He does it. It's a thing. It's weird, and it makes everybody uncomfortable, and it's more uncomfortable when you're with him and he does it. It's just – yeah. But Ronald Walker turned around and did it the same da- the, on the same night. Uh, yeah, when, I wouldn't call that the same. That was a little bit that was, worse. That was – yeah, that was <laughs> – and he did the whole like it was again. <laughs> he 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 went through to completion. I'll just say that. <laughs> there was no doubt uh, it was completed. It yep. uh, after further review. Oh man, oh this has been fun, dude. This has been nice. It, it's been a while since we've done this. Um, there was quite a bit of stuff to get to. Uh, Louisville plays Indiana this weekend. Uh, what are you expecting? These are two teams, dude, that when ESPN, I texted you this last night, when ESPN booked this game uh, for 2 o'clock on a Saturday, Louisville and Indiana, you know they were like, oh, man, we're probably going to have a top 25 matchup on our hands. Uh, and now they get Louisville at 5-2 and in Indiana. I don't even know what their record is, but they got beat by a million by Indiana State to begin the year. Um so now you have these two teams playing on Saturday. Uh, what are you expecting out of this game between these two teams? I mean, yes, Indiana got beat, like I said, by a million uh, to by Indiana State. But then at the same time, they come and um, Indiana comes back and they play Duke tough and have an opportunity to beat Duke at Assembly Hall. Uh so I don't. These are two teams that, like we talked about identity at the beginning of the show. These are two teams, again, and Wes, I talked about Louisville, but also in Indiana. I have no idea who they are, and I don't think they know who they are. Um, so I don't know what to expect from this game Saturday. Yeah, I don't really either. I, I don't think anybody does. Um, if we see the same Louisville team that we saw in the second half yesterday, um, I think this is a team that beats Indiana by. 12, 15 points. Um, if we see the team we saw in the first half, this team could lose by 12 or 15 points. So it's it's a crazy year. Um, I, I just try to go into every game with as low expectations as I can, and that way you cannot be disappointed. 
That's true. Indiana is five and four right now. Uh, Louisville's five and two. Louisville's has, according to the ESPN uh, Basketball Power Index, Louisville's got a seventy-five point nine percent chance uh, to win this game. So you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, Louisville averaging 78 points a game. Uh, Indiana right at 75.6. They're allowing 73.9 points per game. Louisville allowing just 65.4. Louisville has the edge in rebounding, which is kind of a shocker. Um, Obviously, Louisville's got the edge in blocks per game, 8.4 blocks per game, uh, and 7.3 steals per game. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, if this, if we're looking at this and, and we see the team that came out in the second half last night uh, for Louisville against Siena, then, yes, they will beat Indiana by, like you said, 12 or 15. Uh, but they could easily, again, lose to the same Indiana team by, you know, 12 or 15. Just, I, I totally agree with you um, because you just don't know what you're going to get night in and night out, and you really don't know what you're going to get from your big guys night in and night out. Uh, you don't know if Honest is going to have a game like he had last night or if he's going to have a game like he had um, against Seton Hall where he just doesn't score at all. Uh, I don't think they can afford him to have games like that moving forward. If they're going to compete in the ACC, if they're going to get um, – a win on Saturday against Indiana. I mean, yes, this is an Indiana team that's five and four. Uh, they're one and zero in the in the Big Ten right now, and regardless, it's still Indiana, and you that's still a, a, a big name, and you still want to get that win. I mean, I think if, if Louisville loses this game to Indiana, we're going to feel worse about this loss than we felt um, about either of their other two losses, and not just because. Indiana's not a top 25 team, but just because I think, honestly, Louisville is a better basketball team. And I think that you can say that unequivocally. They are a better basketball team. So if they go out and they lose this game, uh, it's it's really going to be a head-scratcher. Yep, no doubt. Uh, well, I think we've kind of covered – have we covered everything we wanted to cover tonight? I think we did. I think we – we hit a lot of topics. I think we did. We were kind of all over the place tonight. Uh, but that's good. It was all right. That's kind of how it needs to be on your first show back after you've been out for a while. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of The Breakdown. Again, hit us up on Twitter at The Breakdown UL. Check us out uh, at Taylor Lynch and at Lewis Metzinger. And if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, make sure you share it out for everybody to hear. For Lewis, I'm Taylor. This has been another episode of The Breakdown. We'll talk to you guys next week go cards beat the hoosiers that you need to hear before i'm paying on time and i throw this truck in gear i don't need a tomorrow i